everyone. Welcome back to Young and Wifed Up. This is Marcella. And I'm Gabby. And thanks for joining us this week for another episode. To listen to any past episodes and check out all the resources for today, head to youngandwifedup.com as well as joining our Facebook group, also called Young and Wifed Up. I like how you specify it's all, all of it is young Everything and wifed up. Everything that you need to know is young and wifed up. Yes. Also, be sure to subscribe and watch our YouTube channel, also called Young and Wifed Up. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you'd like to support us, you can buy us a coffee or a book or whatever at buymeacoffee.com. You can also shop with our sponsors, which include Imperfect Foods. Covenant, covenant eyes. eyes i almost said covenant hero <laughs> and covenant earth hero covenant hero um, and hero eyes earth earth eyes <laughs> um leave a five-star review with apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, or wherever you and listen spotify oh yeah you can rate on or review on spotify now please do we want to get on the charts uh, on spotify yes yes um and also share with your friends and fam also thank you so much for seven thousand downloads on our podcast on all of our platforms we've been so blessed by this community and we are so excited to continue to make content for you guys so how are you doing Good. I almost forgot we were going to be like chatting for a second. You're like, we're weird. done, right? <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, let's get into our topic. Yeah. And then I was like, wait, no. What I'm have you been up to? Yet. What's going on with you? Um, hmm. I don't know. You know, I, I wish because we live so close to each other, I kind of wish the drive was a bit longer so I had more time to think about what I'm going to talk about in our catching wow. up. Wow. Because it's a three-minute drive. Three Sometimes this is not enough time. Yeah, like at this time, we're filming like at 10 o'clock at night at this point. Yeah. And there's nobody on the road, so nobody. I don't have enough time. Um, I don't... What have I been up to? Are you playing outside? It's really nice weather. Yes. This whole week has been super warm. Yeah. Low-key kind of hot. Yeah, low-key kind of anxious. Kind of not down for it. <laughs> I'm like, it's only March and it's 85 yeah. degrees. We're getting a little scared. Of but apparently next week it's going to be cooling off again, I think. I so, hope so. Yeah, I really hope so. Because it's too early to be this, to be this warm. I agree. We got like maybe four or five days of really, really nice weather. And then all of a sudden it was like 85 degrees. And I was like, no. It's too soon. I completely agree with that. So you guys have been enjoying the the backyard. Yep. We've been out there every day. Even Eli. Even he's Eli. Running around. He's running around. He's running. Yeah. He's rolling around the backyard. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> doop, 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 doop. <laughs> no, I have this like really cute picnic blanket and I just set it out and I like I sit with Eli and then Seth just like runs around and. So cute. Yeah. I love watching Seth play outside. It's mm-hmm. so cute. He he loves being outside. He comes inside and he's like beet red. I know. <laughs> Poor little white boy. Yeah. Yeah, serious. <laughs> His cheeks are like bright pink. It's really cute though. It's not from him being burned though. He just gets flushed really easily. But because I'm the he's same way. And sweating. I know. Yeah. yeah. Poor baby. Anyway, what about you? Well, um, if you're watching the YouTube, you see my cute fit today. Yeah, it's nice. Okay, so... Except for these are, like, outer space Birkenstocks. Like, nobody can see them. This, like, gunmetal... <laughs> if you saw them, they're, like, these shiny silver... I have to wear orthopedic shoes because... Are those orth... Are they yeah. considered orthopedic shoes? Yeah. My doctor told me to wear these. 
Yours Am are I fake. Wearing... Okay, but... No, they have to be real Birkenstocks. What makes it fake. orthopedic if it's... I don't know. Ask my doctor. I just... I don't ask questions. He gave me the list and I was like, yes, sir. I don't because... know. These were also very expensive, but they're not Birkenstocks. What are they? I don't know. Huh. <laughs> I got them a while ago. Anyway, yeah, besides my shoes, which don't go with the fit, but earlier today I, did, I was wearing some cute Target sandals, but... Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway... I recently went clothes shopping for the warm weather last week, and Target has some good stuff, like very nice linen skirts, which this one is a linen skirt. Is and this, I, did they have like a comeback from their Prairie Girl yes, fall? You know, there whatever. is still some Prairie Girl vibes. And the Which poof, is nothing the wrong sleeves. with the Prairie Girl vibes. It's just not our vibe. Not my vibe. Not I have my vibe either. Quarterback shoulders. <laughs> I no. don't, and it's still not my vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I wish I had small shoulders like you, because I might, I might be down with the poofy sleeves. I don't know, I but don't I don't know. even get a chance to try it because it literally looks ridiculous. I know, and plus, like, I also think, like, okay, practically with clothing items like that, like, how is this going to work when I'm cooking and cleaning? And yeah, like, that's true. You know, because like the poofy yeah. sleeves get in the way. So yeah, I got a bunch of long skirts that are like really lightweight. Mm-hmm. And I've been loving them. I cannot deal with jeans during the hot weather. I just yeah. cannot. It's miserable. I'm miserable. So then everybody else is miserable. <laughs> And um, I got these cute ribbed tees from Old Navy, and they're $12, guys. Go to Old yeah, Navy. Yeah, actually, I need to get some. And they have all kinds of colors, and they have- Good a, basics. Lots of good basics right now, and they just, like, released their body equality line, so they have tons of sizes, and including long and tall sizes and petite sizes, oh. just everything, every size in between. Nice. Like, so it was really, really nice going and shopping and not having anxiety because I don't do them all. No, thank you. I go to Target. I know that there's... I shop online. There's, yeah, there's clothes for big <laughs> girls at Target. So I feel safe there. <laughs> yeah. But everywhere else, like I refuse to go inside. It's just not, it's just, it feels like a traumatic place for me anytime mm-hmm. I go into the mall. But this time I had been seeing on TikTok like that Old Navy has some good stuff right now. And I was like, okay, I'm going to trust you, TikTok. And yeah, they're cute. And everything's super cute. Yeah. So having like a few skirts and like these tees to rotate, I feel like I have a good spring yeah. capsule wardrobe. Nice. So anyway, yeah, that's what's new with me. Cool. Anyway, we have a really very nice conversation to bring you guys today. We had my elder's wife, Ida Lett. Um, come and talk to us about homeschooling and the Charlotte Mason method. And we were really really blessed by this conversation. It gives a good overview of some really good stuff for us to chew on and think about when it comes to home education. So we are going to bring it to you guys right now. I don't know about you, but I'm always on the hunt for a convenient shopping experience. However, too much of the stuff we buy today is made without any thought of how it will affect our families and the world tomorrow. What if there was an all-around better way to shop, with the convenience that we all want and the confidence that everything is made, packaged, and shipped sustainably? Earth Hero is exactly that. Earth Hero is a one-stop shop for all your sustainable and eco-friendly products. They have so many products ranging from beauty supplies, cleaning products, homeware, clothing, baby essentials, and so much more. Join us today on our sustainable journey by using promo code YOUNGANDWIFEDUP for 10% off your entire purchase. 
make sure to click the Earth Hero link on our website at youngandwifedup.com to start shopping today. Marcella, guess what? What? Last night, I made our dinner entirely out of incredible food that could have been thrown out as waste and headed to the landfill. No way. How? Imperfect Foods. Imperfect Foods is a weekly grocery delivery service on a mission to build a better, less wasteful food system. They offer a full lineup of sustainable, affordable groceries that make the weekly tour of grocery shopping an effortless and delightful experience. Imperfect Foods partners with food suppliers, farmers, and small businesses to ensure that delicious food goes into our pantries and instead of the landfill. I feel like you started that sentence really weird. I did. Anyway, you guys have got to try it. Get $20 off your first Imperfect Foods delivery by using our link at youngandwifedup.com. Get it. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Young and Wifed Up. And today we are joined with our friend, Idolette Lynch. Hi, Idolette. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're doing good. good. It's a little hot in here, <laughs> but we're going to make it work. So before we get into our topic today, we have some personal questions for you. So the first question is, how long have you and your husband been married? We have been married for 17 years. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. And you guys have children? We have one son, okay. we have Lawrence, and we he love is Lawrence. 16. Terrifying. <laughs> yes, hard to imagine, but yeah, 16. And um, how long have you homeschooled him? We actually have homeschooled him from the very beginning. He has never gone to any other school. So. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. So I know you because you are a member at my church, and your husband is an elder at our church. And how long has he been an active elder? Oh, I think it's probably been about seven years, maybe a little over that. Yeah, yeah. and you guys are going to be moving soon because yeah. he's feeling the yeah. call to the ministry. Yes. And so we're very sad, but yes. I'm really thankful that I get to, we get to have this memory with you and yes. that we can look back on it because I'm going to miss your physical presence. I know that we'll still be in contact, but definitely yeah. going to miss your physical presence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Idolette has been um, taking care of the young women in our church the past year in instructing us in home education and just kind of giving us some practical ways that we can consider um, educating our children in the future and some of most of the young women we they're they have young toddlers and so we're kind of all in this learning phase and it's kind of exciting because we're learning all these exciting things before we're kind of thrown into the world of homeschooling and so Marcella and I are really excited to have you on because we have lots of questions mm -hmm. and if you guys listen to us regularly you guys know that Marcella and I were both homeschooled our whole lives as well and we have um, an episode on our experience our personal experience it's called unsocialized homeschoolers I believe it's episode 22 of I have no idea. Of season one, I'll link sure. it. I'll link it. <laughs> sounds right. Just, um, if you want to hear our personal experience and how we benefited from it and how our mother benefited from it. Um, but so our, our experience definitely shaped our opinions and mm -hmm. our, it definitely motivated us to want to do the same thing with our children. But 
it's cool because we've been learning this um, new method of homeschool education. Well, new, new to us. New to us. Yeah, yeah new it's to us. It's definitely not new. It's not new. <laughs> it's tried and true, but new to us. And I think the first time I heard about this method was actually only two years ago. And I think it's because when you're in your like own little circle of homeschool methods, that's kind of all you really know. Mm -hmm. And then it was being introduced to me that there's these different ways of homeschooling. And it was just really exciting, like a whole other world had been opened up to me so we've been going through um, a book together about it and um, we're going to give you guys some recommendations today regarding it, uh, resources on how you can get started but today Idolette's going to kind of um, debunk some common um, issues or um, roadblocks that women can usually come into when they're first considering homeschooling and also how it blessed her and her family and why she believes in this specific homeschool method for her family and why she's teaching it to other young women. So with that in mind, Marcella, you have some questions for her. Okay, so this is just general homeschooling, not necessarily Charlotte Mason specifically. Okay. Um, but what made you and your husband <clears throat> choose homeschooling for your family? Well, um, from the beginning, when we were first married, we actually really were coming to, um, you know, the beginning of our family. We knew kind of right away that we looked around at the world and we thought to ourselves, okay, we want to start a family, but what is it that we know about, you know, the teachings of Scripture? As mm -hmm. devoted believers, you know, you have to see everything through the lenses of scripture. Mm -hmm. So as we began discussing having our family and, you know, how we were going to raise our family, we began to think about, okay, well, we know that, you know, Jesus teaches us that, um, you know, we are not of this world. And, you know, there's a passage in Matthew where he's praying to the Father and he says, you know, I'm praying for those that you have given to me. So the elect, you know, his people. And he says, you know, we, they are in the world, but they're not of the world. Mm -hmm. And he says, they are, they are in me, and they basically are going to face um, all sorts of um, scrutiny and all sorts of persecution because they are going to follow the truth. They're going to be who I am. And so that, along with Paul's teaching um, in Corinthians, where he brings out um, the same idea, the idea that, you know, we are to be lovers of the truth, and so the world's going to reject that. The world is not lovers of the truth. They are not mm -hmm. lovers of the word. And so then you begin, to, you begin to think as your husband and wife thinking, okay, as the Lord gives us the opportunity to have children and we are to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and his truth and his righteousness, how is it that I can say that I'm going to hand that responsibility over to the world mm -hmm when they don't even know who Christ is. Yeah. And certainly there's going to be a lot of animosity, there's going to be a lot of um, teachings that are completely, you know, antithetical to Scripture. And so really the, the answer was pretty easy for us. And the answer was, okay, we're going to homeschool, we're going to home educate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's how we came to that conclusion. Wow, that's awesome. Good points. Um, okay, next question. What do you believe the benefits are to homeschooling? Well, <laughs> there's a lot of them, but I know we're going to get into sort of the philosophical aspects later. So right. I'm just going to talk a little bit more about the, um, just the practical aspects. So two of the most practical aspects for us, number one, is that 
You know, I have never had to, in all of these 11 years that I've been homeschooling Lawrence, I've never had to sit and wonder, like, okay, where is my child right now? What is he thinking about? What is he being taught mm-hmm. that I may have to, you know, unteach him later? Yeah, <laughs> Or correct. counter later, yeah. right? Or correct, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, am I even, am I even, you know, I'm somewhere doing something else and have I even sent him into a safe environment? Mm. Is it safe for him spiritually? Is it safe for him physically even? Yeah. And you know, honestly, that's that's a huge benefit of homeschooling. I don't ever have to think about that. Yeah. You know, right. I know exactly the environment that we have established for him. You know, so that's one big thing. And I think just another really practical benefit for our family has always been that our schedules are all in sync. Mm. So for example, my husband is in law enforcement. And his schedule has been crazy. I mean, for many years, he was working overnights or, you know, there were times where he has to work holidays or it's just, you know, kind of crazy topsy-turvy. We never really took, like, vacation time during the summer, like, as a family or anything. We would take it, like, in the dead of winter or something like right. that. Yeah, but what we was do nice, the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> but what's nice about that is that that means that when he was ready to have a break or when, you know, we are ready to spend time together as a family, we can do that mm-hmm. because we accommodate our schedule to his schedule. And really it draws us together as a family. Yeah. And we have become a very a close-knit family because of that. And I just think that's a huge benefit. Because there are a lot of families that, that don't have that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, nice. That's awesome. Um, okay. What are some common challenges that stop mothers from educating their own children? Yeah. I think um, we've talked about this. I know Gabby and I have talked yeah. about this in the past. and. I think uh, two of them that that come to mind that because I have heard them over and over again, especially talking to young moms, um, one of them is they they look at themselves and they're like, well, you know what, I have a lot of gaps in my own education, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, I know you can do this. But I could never do this. Mm. You know, it's like, like I won't ever feel qualified. Nice for you. Yeah, it's well, me. Uh, and I've heard that many yeah. times. So I've even heard that from relatives of ours mm. who kind of look at our family situation and they're like, oh, yeah. No, I never <laughs> yeah. 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 do that. Yeah, it's nice. It's it works like, for you. Yeah, but, that's right. Yeah. And it's just like they don't, they don't have that confidence to feel qualified yeah. to do it. And they really don't know the route to get there. You know, how do I even get to that point? Fear of the unknown. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's kind of like, and it's also been sort of instilled in us always that, well, there's a whole professional class of people who are responsible for that. And that's not me. You know, I'm just supposed to send my kids off and somebody else will take care of that. Yeah. So I mean, I think it's part of that, just getting past that barrier, you know. And then I think another big barrier and another big challenge for some for some moms, and especially in, in Christian families too, is that... We, we basically live in a society where, <clears throat> you know, the family structure is very often two-income households and, you know, your kids go off to either daycare or to a school environment mm-hmm. and then that just becomes the norm that just gets yeah. repeated over and over again, mm-hmm. you know? And even in, in Christian families where, um, you know, maybe, maybe you attend a church where that just is the pattern over and over again. And so you really don't have access to a lot of homeschool families. We've seen that. Yeah. And then other times where, you know, there's a lot of pressure from your relatives or from extended family. Um, Even when you decide to homeschool, there's a lot of pressure Mm -hmm. where you have to say, okay, you know, we are going to be looking different. We are going to be apart from (laughs) what a lot of families look like, you know, and there is more scrutiny kind of on the, the homeschool family for that reason. But yeah, I think those are probably hurdles that a lot of women face. 
I also, I think another thing that I'd like you to maybe touch on is some people think that based in their, where they live, that it would be impossible, like, like with laws. Mm-hmm. And I had heard so many times like, oh, you have to be joined to a private school. Mm-hmm. You have to be joined to an organization mm-hmm. in order to do this legally or that we don't have money for curriculum. Where am I going to get all these resources? We just don't have the money for that, especially if they are one income house school and they do have to yeah. be more um, frugal. Mm-hmm. Then what do you say to those circumstances? Well, I think definitely, um, number one, you have to you have to inform yourself. You have to educate yourself. Mm-hmm. And so the place that I always send people is to the hslda.org mm-hmm. website, which is Homeschool Legal Defense Association. I think it's association. And... Um, What's great is it's a, it's a wonderful resource that breaks down state by state every one of the homeschool laws across the nation because that's what they do. They advocate for homeschoolers mm-hmm. and they advocate on behalf of them legally oftentimes. Mm. Um, and you can become a member um, with them and so then they protect you legally. Okay. But you don't have to. You could use their resources on the website. Yeah, for free. For free. Yeah. yeah. And they have a lot of really good they things do. to look yeah. at because you can look up your state. You know, you can look up the state of California or the state of Arkansas or whatever it is and find out exactly what do I need to know in terms of, you know, how do I stay legal in my state for homeschooling? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, there, there's a lot of misconceptions here in California. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, even my sisters who are homeschoolers, often thought that I had it the worst of all of them. (laughs) And when we started comparing notes, we realized, wait a minute, actually California (laughs) doesn't have nearly the same regulations in terms of They're pretty moderate. Yeah, Yeah. they really are. So I think it's because a lot of times um, in California, there's there's always pushback, and so there's Mm -hmm. always sorts of um, legislation that's coming up, you know, and you kind of have to work against yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it barely passes. Yeah, the state puts so yeah. many regulations on other things. It's like, well, yeah. why wouldn't they? Very <laughs> true. Homeschool. That's right. Yeah, that's a really good resource. Yeah, yeah that's very have. true. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Yeah. So that's that's one thing. And then I can't. You mentioned curriculum and the resources oh, being yes. expensive. Okay. So in terms of curriculum, and we'll get into this later too when we start talking about the the Charlotte Mason method. And I have some websites to to direct people Perfect. to. Perfect. But um. You know, honestly, your best resource is going to be your library. <laughs> wow. I mean, maybe people don't use libraries as much anymore, mm-hmm. but they are free. Everybody can get a library card, you know. Your kids are welcome there. Mm. And it's just a wonderful place where you can go and find the things that you need, the books that you need to read. And a second fabulous resource is to plug into a local community of homeschoolers, particularly Christian homeschoolers, because so many of them share resources. Mm-hmm. You know, I have gotten so many books from, you know, my sisters who were ready to hand them down to me or from other homeschool moms. And there's also purchasing within, you know, the community. So yeah. they'll send them off used to you where you can get a better price for different things. So I think those are fabulous resources. I really yeah. don't think that that should be an issue because, like you said, no matter what your budget is, you can sit down and prioritize yeah. and say, okay, I can only do this much, but what can I do with this much? Mm-hmm. Right. And actually, you can do a lot. Right. So. No, that's awesome. Very encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I think this is the last one before we get into the Charlotte Mason method. Okay. 
Um, how has homeschooling blessed your son and how has it blessed you? Okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there are so many ways. Um, I guess for my son, I would say that he just, especially now when we're looking at him as a 16 year old. Yeah. And so he's been through 11 years of homeschooling. Yeah. He just has developed in so many ways that we, we're just stunned. You know, it's, it's really neat watching him grow from a little boy into sort of this part man, still part child. Yeah. But he's exploring all sorts of different ideas. He's now thinking about his future. And, you know, he loves to discuss everything from theology to football to politics to finance. And it's just neat seeing how all of these things have just burgeoned in his life. Mm. And yet he's not a carbon copy. Yeah. Of somebody else right. or everybody else. Right. You know what I mean? The kids that he hangs out with, he's distinct from them. Yeah. And there's just something very precious about that, yeah. that he has been able to develop who he is, mm. you know, the personality that God has given him. And yeah. I really think that that's probably the number one blessing yeah. that I see for him. Yeah. Um, in terms of myself, <clears throat> again, there's a world of them, but I would say um, one of the number one blessings has been seeing I am not the same person I was 11 years ago. And I don't think if I hadn't been a homeschooling mom and I had taught, um, you know, seventh grade English for many years prior yeah. to having Lawrence. And if I hadn't become a homeschooling mom, there's no way that I would have developed in the ways that I have developed mm -hmm. because I have had to self-educate. You know, I have had to read and discuss and meditate on things and really dig in hard to, to subjects and topics that I normally would not have, you know? Yeah. And I have been able to expand and grow in a variety of ways and be sanctified in a variety of ways yeah. that, you know, I probably would have never been faced with, you know, had I not been homeschooling. So it really is, it really is such a blessing that way. You know? I think like another, like two things I want to touch on what you just said. First with Lawrence, because he's one of, he has been for six years, five years. Yeah, five. Five, five yeah. years, a student of mine, mm -hmm. a piano student of mine. And I think, I mean, I've always seen a progression in his development and I was always very proud of him. He was always stand, stood out as a student for me. But one thing that was like, really precious and like sweet and it was a testimony to you and and larry is that on the the end of last year i always i at the end of the year i always have my students which i think i talked about on the podcast i always have them self-evaluate how they believe the mm -hmm. year went yeah. and their goals for the next year and one of the questions that i asked him was why do you love playing piano and one of his answers, he had a couple answers, but one of the answers was, it makes me a well-rounded person. <laughs> and honestly, like, I was so stunned by that answer because usually it's like, that's not, because I, I like music. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I enjoy. That's normally what a boy, you know, 16 yeah, years old would answer But with. he truly, yeah. like, saw it as a part of not just like a skill that he has, but it help it, it rounds out his character. It yeah. makes him a very specific kind of person and he and he enjoys that about himself. So I thought that was really profound yeah. that he was thinking about how this how learning 
really does make him a better person. Yes. And that was just very precious to me because that is a testimony to like the the years of thing of of teaching and instruction yeah. that you had. Um, and with you, I think another blessing, like you've blessed me and the other young women at our church by passing down the heritage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that that's such, like you said, like some women don't have access. They don't know that they, that this is an option for them. Mm-hmm. And that's because they're not exposed to it. Exactly. And me and the other young women at our church have been very blessed with you just like, okay, we're going to do this together and I'm going to give you my brain and like, and we can Lord willing pass that on to future generations. And that's, and that's beautiful. And so I think that there's, there's so many blessings I see in your guys' family and encourages us as well. Well, I appreciate you saying that because that really took me a while to get to that point because honestly, Mm. I feel that way too. I mean, I, I sympathize with these young women who are looking at it and saying, I don't think I can do this because I was kind of at that point even before we started our homeschool group you know, where I'm leading and I'm yeah. just thinking, Lord, I'm sure there's someone far better than me who can do this, you know? Yeah. So I had to reach that point of conviction too where I was just like, yeah. okay, no. No, and it was yeah. per- it's perfect timing. Like the Lord was so kind to yeah. you because it was like a time where a church was growing with yes. young families yes. and it's just like, it was just perfect timing. Right. Like the Lord definitely ordained that. Yeah, so true. So speaking of that class, so I've talked about the Charlotte Mason method a few times on the podcast and kind of the a few things that I was learning along the way because I was really passionate about it. And I really wanted you to come on and not just talking about homeschool in general, but mm-hmm. something that makes your guys' family different than a lot of other homeschooling families is you guys were committed to uh, this specific method of homeschooling and so we would love to learn about that today and obviously this is going to be like a the tip of the iceberg right like there are entire podcasts dedicated to the charlotte mason method there are like tons of books and blogs and people that are really experienced and have studied this forever and so this again like Young and Wifed Up, we are a peer-to-peer podcast. We talk with, like, sisters in Christ. We want to encourage each other to spur on them the faith and to love your families. And so when we are talking about these things or when we bring guests on, it's we're all learning together. We are not the authority of these topics. Of Exactly. So this is just a good starting point that mm-hmm. maybe some people have never even heard it before and they're homeschooling or maybe they are curious about homeschooling and this would motivate them that they can do it. Yeah. So how did you learn about the Charlotte Mason method and when did you start implementing it in your homeschooling? Okay, so I have actually three older sisters and before I was married, they were already married and started having kids. So I had like 11 nieces and nephews at that time. And they all started homeschooling. And they started talking about, oh, they were going to be doing the Charlotte Mason method. So one of them had heard it from a friend, and they sort of passed it along amongst them. And so I heard little tidbits here and there, and then I saw what they were doing in their homeschools Mm -hmm. and the different kind of books that they were using. And it struck me as being different, Mm -hmm. especially with my own classroom experiences with students. And I just, I was very intrigued by it. And I thought, oh, this is pretty cool. And so I just kind of filed it away for a little while. And then after I had Lawrence, I began thinking, oh, wow, 
I don't know what I'm doing. I got to get started because you know, yeah. it's just going to be older before I know it. Yeah. And I don't even know what I'm going to do or how I'm going to do this. So yeah. then I was like, okay, I can start reading. So, mm-hmm. you know, then I checked in with them and I was like, well, what do I, where do I need to start? And so then I started reading her home education series and just really started filling my mind with, well, where is she coming from? What's the perspective? And what is she trying to, you know, show us here? And so then it just started, you know, things started popping and opening up whole new vistas for me. So, yeah. But even actually, we started from the very beginning. We oh, have never so done anything cool. else. Nice. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So you can give a, a tried and true. I took a from, from year one yes. all the way, and it's about to be year 12. Yes. Right? Yes. So that's crazy. It is. And I, you know, and obviously year one, I mean, I wasn't doing everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can imagine what year one looks like. You're a fledgling mom, and you're just like, oh. <laughs> is this right? I'm probably ruining my child. I don't know what I'm doing, but yeah. yeah, you just you know keep plugging away, and there's a lot of that through the process. Yeah, you know, of checking in with other moms and mm. getting on forums and being like, "Am I doing this right? This yeah. doesn't seem right." We're yeah. reading a book, and then he's gonna tell it back to me. Yeah, are you sure that's education? Yeah. Is really, this is really yeah. what I'm supposed to do. It's completely so, like contrary to probably what you had been taught because you yeah. were a school educator mm-hmm. in a school yes. so yeah that's yes. great so you've seen and both yeah, sides yeah i really yeah. have and really one of the main differences and we'll get into that as we start talking about what her philosophy of education was but really it's and we've talked about this in our class is you know, as a teacher, I was standing up in front of a classroom of students, and I did a lot of blathering at them mm. because you're really taught to, you know, you're the expert, and you're going to take the material and enhance it for them and mm-hmm. bring it to life for them. Mm. No. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's not what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And so, yeah, so being in the homeschool environment, it was very different. I had to, like, teach myself to shut up. Yeah. Because you know, you're not supposed yeah, to get in the way yeah. of your child and this literature or your child and this discipline that he's going to learn. It's yeah. his brain that's going to assimilate it. Mm. You know? So, anyway. No, I love it. Okay. Piece. So, we've been talking about this lady. Who is yes. she? Who is Charlotte okay. Mason? <laughs> so, yeah. So, Charlotte Mason, she was basically an English educator. So, she's from England and she lived from 1842 to 1923. So she was 19th century into the first part of the 20th century. And she was teaching at a time where the Industrial Revolution was in full swing. And so she began as a young teacher and then she grew to teach other teachers and other parents. But she began to see that the education that was very prominent at that time in England was very much like the factories in this industrial age. So mm-hmm. it was like, you know, we're going to do this and this and this, and this is going to be our end product. Just like we're going to take these materials and this, and we're going to come out with a wrench at the end. But all the wrenches should come out and look exactly the same, you know? And so she's looking at the education before her and saying, wait a minute, you can't just pour everything in and come out with this because children aren't like that. Yeah. You know, it shouldn't be like, you know, they come out and be little automatons, you know, because they are persons. They Mm -hmm. are persons created in God's image. Mm -hmm. And so she began to think to herself, you know, there's a different philosophy of education that I really want to begin focusing on. And it actually took her her whole career, her, you know, her lifetime of teaching to really distill these down and to be, you know, for them to be cemented. And she came up with these 20 principles 
And um, her goal was to say, these, these children are made in the image of God, and the education that they are currently receiving is neither good for them, nor is it honoring to the Lord. Mm. And so this is how we need to just, you know, make this change. So that's awesome. Yeah. So what are her 20 principles? Well, that's a lot. So that's a lot to go through. <laughs> and of course, she has all sorts of nuances and right. very deep and rewarding things that, you know, you can read about. And, you know, I'll direct people later to that if, you know, if they're interested in that. But I, I sort of just took the 20 principles and I kind of distilled them down into, what, five here? Cool. So I was just going to kind of go through five that really encapsulates all of them together. Perfect. That makes sense? Okay. So you can feel free to stop me in between. Cool. Or ask or do whatever. But all right. So one, the first one um, that I wanted to discuss, and this is, I, I brought it up earlier, was that children are born persons. And that sound, kind of sounds silly because, okay, we know they're persons. But her purpose in saying that was that, okay, they're not little inferior beings. You know, they are made whole by the Lord. Mm -hmm. And they're made in the image of their creator. And so you have to treat them that way. And so in other words, you can present them with big ideas to, to grapple with, you know, on their level. And their brains are going to be fed by that. And so that was one of her main um, things. And, and again, she, um, she, really, she really was going against the, she was really counterculture at that time, which is they're not a sack to be filled. You know, you don't just pour knowledge into them. Um, what she used a lot was the analogy of the body, which needs proper nutrition in order to grow and thrive and flourish. And she said the brain was the same. In order to have a brain that honors the Lord and a mind that honors the Lord, you have to put the proper nutrition in, mm -hmm. the proper diet. And so then she went on to describe what that diet was. It was a diet of ideas, and she would call it the feast of ideas. And so that was where she began. <clears throat> okay, and then um, she would say that with that proper diet of ideas, just like our bodies have to digest and assimilate the food in order for it to function properly for our bodies, so our mind would have to digest and assimilate that material, whatever was coming in, all these ideas. And so we had to create an environment or an atmosphere by which the children could do that. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> she said there were three main instruments of education, and they were atmosphere, the discipline of habit, and these are habits of both the mind and the body, and then habit training becomes very significant mm -hmm. in her method. Um, and then, of course, the presentation of living ideas, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in some of these other ones. Um, and then she goes on to describe that education is a science of relations. And what she means by that is that children are going to naturally have a relationship with everything they come in contact with. And so her purpose in saying that was, so therefore, bring them into contact with as many wonderful things as they can. So, for example, whether it's being out in nature, whether it's, um, you know, all sorts of different kinds of mathematics and art and history and whatever it is, living ideas, philosophy, you know, culture, theology, all of these things are part of 
them making a relationship with the things that God has created, mm. you know, and so that they begin to see where they belong in that, you know, <laughs> essentially what we would consider the redemptive history, yeah. you know, of where we belong as, as creatures of a, of a triune God, you know. And, um, and then, um, let's see. Okay, and then she, uh, I'll say the, the, the last two here that I've kind of compiled, which are pretty significant, is she would talk about as knowledge is not assimilated until it is reproduced, children should tell back or narrate what they have read or what they have heard. So in other words, um, and that narration could be something verbal that they say or it could be something that they've written down. So in other words, if you're taking in the information, then you should be able to tell it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, we call that narration or narrating. And that was very, very significant because what she is saying there is is that it's kind of meaningless. If it's just coming in right. and there's nothing done with it, yeah. then they're not making a relationship with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's what she meant by that. And then um, finally, um, finally, she... She also, um, she said, we allow no separation to grow up between the intellectual, sorry, intellectual and spiritual life of children. So in other words, the fear of the Lord, as we know, is the beginning of knowledge. Mm -hmm. In other words, there should be no separation between what they are learning and their entire biblical worldview. Yeah. So if we know that all knowledge begins and ends with the Lord, then we should see everything through that prism of scripture, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, whether it's mathematics or science or, you know, them playing outside. They're able to see this is, you know, this tree that they're climbing. That tree was created for them by the Lord. You yeah. know, this is his handiwork, as, as is true with every discipline that they come across. And so that's a very important thing because um, what is their purpose in life? You know, as we teach our little children, well, why, you know, why did God make you? He made you for his glory, you know? And so how are they going to, how are they going to, you know, flourish and um, display that image of their creator, you know, through the gifts that he has, he has given them. And so that was a very important aspect of the education as well. Because really, as you're habit training, you're actually character training, as you brought up before, Gabby. Yeah, those are all awesome, and I think you encapsulated the spirit of of Oliver. Because yes, there are there's a lot of there is a lot of meat fleshed, to it. Yes, fleshed out. <laughs> yeah, um, and I'm sure we'll have some resources for for how where you can find those things if you want to read them for yourself. But I think one thing that is is very interesting is narration doesn't have to stop when you're done with schooling and in fact i think that i've benefited from narration myself now practicing reading and then telling it like i just naturally do it telling my friends and family about what i'm reading or writing a book review on goodreads all those things are a, a form of narration and it, it's helping you chew on the things that you're reading yeah. and you're thinking about it. And even like Marcella, when you're writing your, your blog posts and stuff, 
you're basically going off of things that you have been intaking, yeah. scripture mm-hmm. you've been reading, and and your blog posts are a form of narration. Right. So it's very interesting that we do it in so many ways. That but we don't realize that, don't <laughs> that realize. that's what it is. Yeah. But it really is like very interesting. Like I saw even in my own teaching, I've been trying to implement a lot of these philosophies in my music teaching, and I've seen just a huge change in my students and my my attitude and my students' performance that wanting them to master something instead of perfecting it and and mastering usually means I want them to be able to explain to me what they're playing or Mm. another way that I've been doing it is I'll play it and they have to correct me if I'm messing up and that was very interesting to try you know trying to come up with ways that we can implement narration or these philosophies to to show like I'm not expecting you to perform like so and so you're performing as yourself you you're your own person because you are a whole person yes. and and they're measuring up to their own self like they're it's not you competing against another child and I think that that's a huge thing that's that's very different about Charlotte Mason is it's very flexible and it's not um a competition of like oh well okay so so can you speak to because you you have one child and you brought him through the shot mason method what would you say for a family of like three children and they all are different personalities and different people right how would you how would you say that we would implement the charlotte mason method when we see that each child has different strengths and weaknesses i would say that it's like anything else you're going to accommodate for whatever that child's specific needs are. So, for example, um, you know, say you have a child who's an avid reader and has no problems, you know, reading and then coming and telling you, oh, yeah, this is what I just read and does it very well. You may have another child who struggles with reading a bit and then doesn't want to do that narration yeah. because it's hard yeah. or because maybe they didn't understand or didn't they weren't invested mm-hmm. in the in the reading that they were doing. You know, and I think that's why um, when you start out with the Charlotte Mason method, you are reading everything aloud to your child. So you're very much participating together, and then they are telling it back to you. Yeah. But it's not, you know, it's a good thing. Like, you can make an accommodation, for example, of that one child who is not such an avid reader. You can continue to read aloud, later than the one who might be ready to read independently. Right. You know, and so you can continue reading aloud maybe with the, you know, seven and eight year old, but maybe the one who he was eight year old he was eight years old and ready to go on his own, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you're still reading aloud and you can work on it together. Yeah. Because maybe that per that child isn't ready yet, yeah. you know, to take it on for for himself or herself. So I think there are natural accommodations that you're going to make as you, you know, progress through it. Yeah. And I think that is part of growing in wisdom as a mom and as a teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, you're always approaching it with the humility of these kids are entrusted to me. And, you know, every day, Lord, I'm going to come before you and ask for that wisdom. And and honestly, you're going to sometimes you're going to hit um, stumbling blocks and then you need to go ask for help and you need to, yeah. you know what I mean? And yeah. you need to yeah. find other moms who have struggled the same way or might be able to offer some advice or some insight into it. 
And that's natural too. And that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it keeps us in community. And it really does allow us to, you know, encourage one another and, you know, keep moving forward. We keep moving forward together. Yeah, Yeah, so. What do you think practically people would think is very different or interesting about the Charlotte Mason practically, like day to day, than a traditional homeschooling? Well, I think one of the things is because when we would get together with other homeschoolers, we saw right away (laughs) there were a lot of things. Wow. For example, we never had workbooks or busy work. We barely did anything like that. I mean, math. Wow. When we did math, obviously, you're doing, you know, problems and multiplication right, yeah. and things like that on paper. But most of it from our early elementary years, we were reading and telling back or narrating. Mm-hmm. We were outside. We were doing nature journals, things like that. We weren't sitting in workbooks, yeah. drawing a line from here to here or, you know what I mean, doing things like that. So often Lawrence was like, Mom, where's my workbook? Or, oh, want, you know, when he would be with other homeschoolers for a while and I was like, yeah, honey, we, we don't have that. We don't do Let's go to our nature journal. Let's go, let's go draw those birds outside. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. So you begin to see like some of the differences, you yeah. know, because we also weren't reading in textbooks. You know, we were reading what Charlotte Mason calls living books. Right. You know, in other words, we were we were reading things that, you know, she talks about the literary form and how natural it is for a child to hear and to love it, yeah. be attracted to it because of the form that it's in. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, and we did that for, you know, in your early elementary years, we were reading biographies about scientists and mm, how... That's really cool. Yeah, how they, how they did their different experiments or... You know, how, how Benjamin Franklin, um, you know, invented different things and stuff like yeah. that. That's what we were reading about. We weren't, yeah. like, in the textbooks. Right. You weren't doing, like, memorization of vocabulary and definitions <laughs> and <laughs> no. the formulas and yes. everything like and that. And then sometimes you do stop and you take a step back and you're just like, wait, this is so very different. Yeah, you're is like, it, is this is work? really? Yeah, is yeah. this work? Is because yeah. that's often what it was. And then... Often we were not we were we were not doing like eight hour days right like in early elementary years. He was outside most of the time. Yeah, you know he's yeah, out on his awesome. scooter or you know he was ha- he would ask for like you know could he have a sandwich outside and go by the trees or you yeah. know just stuff, stuff like precious. that, yeah. which is what she encourages to do. You know she yeah. encourages for the first five years of your life be outside. You know yeah. explore creation and get out as much as you can and okay that's one thing I want you to talk about really quick mm-hmm. early childhood education yes so why does Charlotte Mason and some people are probably hearing for the first time this mm-hmm. why does she say to delay the formal formal schooling right. until at least six well primarily because because you are doing more than just filling a vessel with knowledge you are character training. In other words, you are presenting this child with what it is to be um, an image bearer of Christ. And what better way to do that than to say, okay, here's what God created. He has created everything for us to see and experience and all of our senses can experience. Let's go experience it. And Mm -hmm. really, what she begins to say is, is that you know, if you're, you're outside and you're climbing a tree and, you know, you start deciphering, oh, this tree has different leaves than this tree has. And what she says is the child, even at these young ages, is taking in all yes. of this information. 
Now, whether or not he's going to be analyzing at this, at this point, maybe not. Mm. But eventually, all of this, the mind is going to assimilate. And then later on, as he comes to his formal education, he will have already been intaking for five, six years just a ton of knowledge. And the mind that God has given him is going to allow him to, okay, now I'm going to make connections. Yes. You know, now I'm going to see, oh, that's why, you know, when he starts learning the formal science, scientific method and things like that. Oh, and he's already had, you know, his observatory experience and his tactile experience with that. Yeah. So it's really, it really is important. And honestly, if you know kids who have not spent time outside, you can tell the difference. Yeah. You know, as opposed to children who grow up outside. And I think even within our generations, I think, you know, my generation was probably outside all the time. Yeah. We were always outside. And then yeah. progressively, the generations have come inside. Yeah, we've turned yeah. into the, the, I know, the tablet yeah. generation. Like, like, yes. <laughs> like for us, I mean, I remember the majority of our childhood was out, outside yes. probably besides doing, because we didn't Which do Charlotte so Mason method. Right. But I mean... Our schoolwork took hardly any time mm-hmm. during the, the day, the and then we my were mom outside. would be like, "All right, oh, that's go outside so in the backyard. Yes, we have yes, the yes. backyard. Ours and everything." Did, you know, yeah, I did too. Like you're outside now, go. Yeah, uh-huh. but yeah, yeah, that's great. But yeah. even it's interesting, like losing, like like going outside, all those things. It sparks their imagination, and when you're inside with screens all day Mm -hmm. long from the age of two, and all that, like, where where is the you're not um, cultivating a place for them to use an imagination and to and to work that muscle? That's right. You're actually stifling them, right? Because you're you're absolutely right. There's no feast of ideas there. Right. You know, it's somebody else's mind or you know something that they have created put in front of the child yeah but a lot of times it's not an idea that leaves them thinking beyond that right you know what I mean or coming back to it over and over again to mull it over yeah so yeah it's interesting too like we're even seeing it in Marsala's older son Seth who's two like He's already made connections with sounds. Like we've talked about so much in class, like that when they're in this time in the little years, mm-hmm. they're using their their senses, yes. right? That's how they're learning is by mm-hmm. hearing and seeing and feeling. Mm-hmm. And how he already has made distinctions in all the noises around their home. Mm-hmm. He knows when he hears a mower, a motorcycle, oh, a car. So he even oh, knows yeah. whose car is coming. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. And yeah. it's like nobody had to tell him. Like no. we probably one time had to say, oh, that's a mower. And now it's like mower, mower, mower. Right. And he's like, yeah. that's a mower, <laughs> mower, mower. And he's yeah. always hearing it. And, and it's he doesn't, so- he doesn't watch shows about lawnmowers right yeah. <laughs> there you like go that. that's and that's perfect it's that's like right. yeah it's like it, bringing them like back in touch with what reality is and that's yeah. outside their them. environment yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's a great point no that's awesome okay so um we talked about a little bit of the practical ways that and the philosophies of the charlotte mason method so what are what do you think the benefits of using the charlotte mason method are in contrast to other maybe more traditional homeschooling um, methods? Well, I think we've touched on some of them. Um, and really, I mean, what what do you want your child to be at the end of 
the education. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you want him to just be filled with knowledge? Or do you want that knowledge to mean something? Mm. Do you want him to care? Like, yes. I was so blessed when you said, oh, Lawrence had said, oh, I want to be a well, you know, I want to be a well, well-rounded person. And so yeah. I love that music is part of that. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that, you know, that sort of stuns you, even though I know him. Right. I was like, oh, that's really, yeah. yeah. Really was like, oh, yeah, it's it all coming good. together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and really, that is, that is the Charlotte Mason method right, right there, you know? So, and I think another huge thing, and we've talked about this before, is that, this method, because you are character training, mm. um, I'm not concerned about does he know absolutely there everything there is to know about World War II? <laughs> or does he know a small piece of it really, really well? Right. And then he has a lifetime where he's going to discover more pieces yeah. to the puzzle. Yeah. So, and yet he still has been able to ruminate on some of those ideas. He has a knowledge of where it fits into a historical timeline, you know, and that's that's perfectly fine. Yeah. You know, and, and it as long as we know that we are presuppose, presupposing Christ in everything that we are teaching, to me that is the most valuable thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's what I want to see for my child. That's the most important thing to me. You know, I want to see him grow up as a man after God's own heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's awesome. Um, and that's ultimately like, do we want extremely intelligent children that can recite all kinds of very impressive things? Or do we want a child that is, like you said, like well-rounded and loves God mm-hmm. and serves serves um, the people of God well? And that's because right. ultimately these children are going to become an ad- they're going to become adults, you know? And so when they're entrusted to us and even Mm -hmm. like, even the small amount of time I get with my students, I like, there's a lot of weight in the things Mm -hmm. and how we're teaching them, how we're approaching them and how we treat them with respect and dignity. And I love that. That's another emphasis that she has is to respect the child, not to embarrass or humiliate Mm -hmm. the child or to talk down to them or use, like baby talk like they like you wouldn't get this you know what I mean or using or silly like um foolish books and foolish tv and foolish things like they they can only handle these foolish baby things you know what I mean like it's just so interesting like hearing the contrast of of a biblical worldview and how we can implement that into educating children and the world's view, which is we want we want basically children that can recite everything that we've taught them. Mm-hmm. You know what that's I mean? That's true. And also, I mean, even just touching on that in terms of the amount of knowledge that you may end up having, I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. In other right. words, you could have a student who just excels in yeah. everything yeah. and just is fantastic, you know, in every across the disciplines and just has a wealth of knowledge about everything. Yeah. And that's that's great too, you know. Yeah. If that's what the Lord has given him as his gifts, that's, mm-hmm. that's fabulous. Yeah, you know. But then it also doesn't exclude every other child. Right. You know, right. Every child can thrive in his or her own way. You know. Yeah, and I totally this, love that. Method. Totally yeah. love that. Um, okay, so what if somebody's listening mm-hmm. and they say, "Wow, all of these sound things sound really good." 
but I like, I want to dabble. I want to mm-hmm. dabble in a bunch of other types of methods. Yeah. And wh- how could I implement some of the Charlotte Mason principles into a broader scope of homeschooling? Well, I actually think that's pretty easy because if you just think about some of the things that we have said here right now, we've talked about narrating. So we've talked about reading and telling back what you've read or writing about what you've read. That's pretty simple in any kind of curriculum, Yeah. Yeah. you know, and it's very beneficial. And I think part of it is just practice it and see. You know, you can see for yourself whether it's beneficial or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And another thing is probably um, um, the idea of, you know, like when we talked about habit training, that that was very important to Charlotte Mason. I mean, think about that. Even if you just go and read some of what she said about how to habit train, these are things that are going to be important for a lifelong, you know, person. I mean, we do this. My husband and I, you know, talk about the way that we're going to take on new habits and change what we're doing and, you know, and so Charlotte Mason has become very much a part of our family too. Yeah. And we do the same thing with the narrating. Yeah. That's how I learn now. Yeah. You know, that's how we it. do. He narrates yeah. to me the stuff he's learning and I tell him that all the time and he's in seminary. So I'm like, okay, don't leave me out because then I'm going to feel like I'm way back here. to know all about what we're doing at school and yeah, stuff like that. that's so, awesome. So yeah, I think those are pretty easy and practical things that somebody can do and just see for yourself, you know, Yeah. if it works. Yeah, it's been really fun even though like I don't have children of my own that I'm educating, like taking some things that we're learning in class and that I'm reading, I'm like, ooh, I'm going to try that with my student yes. this week. <laughs> and it's so fun, like it's almost like experimenting because I mean, because I'm the only teacher in the room and I can kind of make those decisions, mm-hmm. I'm it's fun to kind of say, okay, that didn't work with that student, but it really worked with this one. And that's just so exciting. It motivates me as a teacher Mm -hmm. to, to have something new and fresh to Mm -hmm. to think about and try. So even if you are just a teacher out of school, because I know we do have some listeners that are school teachers, Mm -hmm. like even thinking about how you can implement that into Mm -hmm. your classroom. I mean, because didn't Charlotte Mason start off training other teachers in schools? Absolutely. In fact, I will even say this, is that she was single her whole life, Yeah. she wasn't married, and she didn't have children. Mm-hmm. So think about the impact that the Lord allowed her life to have on others. Yeah, that's You know, so cool. she poured her whole life into this and just had an amazing, I mean, even now, you know, this generation of women yeah. and across the world, really, that are using this curriculum yeah. and this method, I should say. And it's pretty, it's pretty amazing, you know, the kind of impact that she has had. So, so looking back, so you've done 11 years mm-hmm. of Charlotte Mason method with Lawrence. Do you see, do, can you look back and say like, this has truly blessed my family. I wouldn't have done it any other way. Or do you have regrets? Do you wish you would have tried something different? Like, what do you think about those things? Oh, no. <laughs> I really don't think, I don't look back and say, oh, I wish I had tried something different. Mm. I look back and say, I wish I had been more attentive to the method at the beginning. Mm. I wish I had implemented it maybe more quickly with more wisdom. You know, you're always going to look back and say, oh, and they're different. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Or even there are some years where, 
you know, you do kind of get off. I remember one year in particular where we got off track because we weren't doing what I knew we should be doing. Right. You know, I wasn't doing it the way I needed to be doing it. And I sort of just let it slide that direction. Mm -hmm. And things happen and circumstances come up. And then you just have to restart, you know. And you have to say, okay, that's it. We went off track, but now we're going to restart. Thank God we're able to do that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but... Yeah, no, I wouldn't say I ever had a regret about choosing this method because even from the very beginning, we were just so amazed <laughs> at, like you're talking about with, you know, your nephew and your son, yeah. just the connections that they make and mm-hmm. just the way that their their brain seems to go off on all cylinders. You're just like, wow, this is, this is stunning. So this is, yeah. you know, she really knew, she observed and saw and, and really understood the nature of children. Yeah. You know, and these things do truly draw out who they are meant to be. Mm, yeah. You know? So that's pretty cool. That's awesome. And I like my, my, the biggest thing that I really like about her method is that every child can thrive, like you said, through it. Yeah. Despite their weaknesses or, or their strengths. And that a, a family that can have multiple children can can do it mm-hmm. and it's not like they're tied to one thing and oh no mm-hmm. now we have to change everything for this right. particular child because That's you can true. do you can make the modifications that you need to make mm-hmm. you you're free to do that you're not chained to this system right. that you committed yourself to and so I think that I mean I really hope that people listening if you haven't already been thinking about this that you guys would read the books that we're going to talk about at the mm-hmm. end um, so, what are the resources that you can give us today? Yeah. Where should we get started? Okay, so I think you should get started. I will tell you, I'm going to plug um, Brandy Benzel right off the bat. She is a mom, a homeschooling mom, and just an amazing woman. Very intelligent, just um, very warm and loving woman who has compiled so many things. And she, she does a blog called the Afterthoughts blog. And her, her website is afterthoughtsblog.net. And it's just, an, it's just a tremendous resource. I can't, I can't talk it up enough. But at her website, um, you'll be able to see a lot of materials about getting started with the Charlotte Mason Method. Cool. In fact, if you go to her, um, her shop section at her site, she actually has um, a book entitled Start Here. And what it does is it goes through the 20 principles that we've been talking about You tonight. can't get any clearer than that. No, you can't. <laughs> and it's a way for you to do it. It even goes through talking about how to do it by yourself or okay. how to do it with a group. Nice. So it's really cool. Yeah. And she has, and it's a, you know, it's digital material. So it's, it's very inexpensive, you know, just per download. It's very inexpensive. Okay. So it's like an ebook. Yeah. Okay. It's an ebook. And then um, you could buy it for yourself. You know, you could have a few friends along, find a friend who is willing to work with you. In fact, she even says in the introduction, pray for a friend <laughs> yeah. to come and do it with you or to, you know, read it with you and, and you know, to, you guys can be in it together. And then, um, and then what's great about it is that it has all the links right there. So you can go to all the links of the Charlotte Mason material that she wants you to read and think through and the different articles from other homeschooling moms, Charlotte Mason moms and such. So definitely that's a that's a good place to start. And then of course that is exactly where we got our material from yes. for our homeschooling group. It's very similar, just a little bit different um, for the home education series that right. we've been going through. And then um, another one that I'm gonna plug absolutely is the curriculum that we've used. Now curriculum is simply 
the, the nature of the books that you're going to use and how you're going to use them as you go through this method. Mm -hmm. Okay, so she's going to tell you the philosophy of education under Charlotte Mason, and then, okay, well, but how do I get started with it? You know, how do I actually implement that in my homeschool? Yeah. So we have used this from the beginning as well. This is amblesideonline.org, and it's A-M-B-L-E-S-I-D-O-N-L-I-N-E.org. And basically, Ambleside was the name of the community the, the, in England, the region in England where um, Charlotte Mason was from. So that's why it's called that. So if you go there, it's invaluable. It's I get lost. I get yes. lost. I literally yeah. can spend hours on that site. There's so much stuff, and That's it's exactly all good. Right. Oh, you yeah. totally lose time going yeah. there. So basically, what it starts out with, it, it goes from year year zero to you know year twelve, and um, it shows you in every year what the different book lists would be. In other words, what mm. books should your child mm -hmm. be reading at this time? And then it it breaks down for you. Well, how do you go about doing this? And it actually schedules it out for you too. In other words, how many pages do you read per day? Mm. You know, what do you do with this, and so on. And it's it's really it's really amazing how these moms have been working on this for twenty to thirty years yeah. and compiling this, and it's all free. So that's it's, the best. It is the best. <laughs> and in fact, they've been very sensitive about because homeschooling moms, like you said, we've talked about this, are are often one-income families yeah. or they're, you know, your young family starting out and, you know, how do you think about investing this money yeah. know, in this education? And they, they say on there, okay, well, if you absolutely can't do all of this, then here's the essentials. You know, mm -hmm. and so it kind of breaks it down for you to see, okay, well, at least get these. And then they have a forum there at that site where you can get into the forum and there's a, a broad range of topics. And you can really get in there and see, okay, well, what did people use? Um, you know, if they couldn't get a hold of this, what did they use? What were the alternatives? Where are people finding these resources? You know, does anybody have this for sale? Yeah. You know, this is an older book. A lot of times these are older, very tried and true classics Yeah. Um, that you may not be able to get a hold of. But I've often found, found um, if you can't get it from, you know, somebody that you know, Amazon sells a lot of these for as used books. Yeah, I've even come across them at used bookstores. You know, library sales are another great way to come across. Oh yeah, yeah, these these kinds of things. And then once you get familiar with what a living book is, as you get into the curriculum a little bit, you can start making substitutions and say, okay, well I can't find this one, but this one right. has the same feel. It's the same, you know. It's it's also a living book, and I can you know. Yeah. So, but anyway, those are two awesome resources, the AfterthoughtsBlog.net and AmblesideOnline.org. Awesome. I would encourage. And what about some books for somebody to read, like extracurricular books, like that they want to get to know the Charlotte Mason method a little bit more? I would say um, there's one by um, Karen Glass, and it's actually one I'm going to pass on to you. <laughs> yeah. But it's uh, Karen Glass, and it's it's called Consider This. Okay. And it actually shows how the Charlotte Mason method intersects with the classical education Ooh. method. So I thought you might be interested yes. in that, and actually others might be interested in that too as well. Mm. Cool. And then of course, um, for the children's sake, and I think yes, I read it. Loved it. Loved it. Oh, it was. Um, is it Susan? Macaulay? Susan Schaefer. Susan Schaefer Macaulay. Yeah. Yes. 
So that's another um, really good resource that one sold just to get me. started. Yeah. Literally just reading that book sold me yeah. on everything. I was like, yep, I'm a believer. I know. So those are two <laughs> big ones. And they're very classic in the in the Charlotte Mason realm to, cool. to get familiar with. We'll make with sure it, to link so. all those in our show, yeah. night, show mm-hmm. notes. That'd be great. Cool. Okay, Marcella, can you ask our final question before we hear Adelette's recommendations for us? Okay. <laughs> what is something you wish you knew about homeschooling as a young mother that you know now? Okay, so I wish that I knew, you know, you don't really realize when you start out that education is a life. You know, it's like, um, I often joked with people during the pandemic when everybody was locked down and they were all like, we can't stand this. We're stir crazy. We got to get out. We got to, you know, and I'm just like, okay, well, this is just normal for us. We're not, (laughs) we were not in the panic. We were just like. Yeah. <laughs> our life just continued. We were like, okay, it's fine. All right, we can yeah. go outside our home. Oh, well, you yeah. know, whatever. So, but, but when you get started with it, it is kind of a, it's sort of like, okay, the pandemic is here. Because it's suddenly like, okay, we're living in our home. Yeah. We're educating at home. So basically we're working at home. We're eating at home. We're socializing at home. Yeah. We're offering hospitality at home. And it's just yeah. kind of like, oh my goodness. You know, what do we do now? And then you finally realize like, um, you know, it took me several years as I got into it because I really thought, oh, no, this isn't this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, for example, you know, Lawrence had to do a narration. He had just read something. And maybe you're you're like, oh, no, something has come up. Um, you know, maybe somebody is ill and you need to go do something. You need to serve them in some way. And you're just like, can I do that? Can I do both of these things? And then you're just yeah. like, okay, you know, sit down. Can you peel those carrots for me, Lawrence? Because narrate to me what you just read in Robinson Crusoe, <laughs> yeah. and I'll be making the soup over here. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And that's and that's what it is. I mean, it is a life. It's life. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. You know, and that's okay. And I think as a as a young homeschooling mom, you're always like, I'm shortchanging my child mm-hmm. by doing this, but you're not. You're not. And these yeah. things are coming up, and he's learning to serve. He's yeah. seeing how you know things things work within a Christian yeah, community. Yeah. The home economy. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. And it's education. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it all is. He's learning yeah. and assimilating. It's all education. That's right. Or, you know, the relative shows up and you're not expecting them to come or they, they tell you like two days in advance, oh, we're going to be staying with you for a few days. And you're just like, oh, what? Yeah. I mean, it's like, here's your schedule. And then suddenly it's like, they're slammed into it. Yeah. And so yeah. you're like, okay, well, we're going to go visit some museum in Los Angeles. Well, right. this is this is history for today, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that kind I mean, that is kind of like what ended yeah. up happening a lot for us too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Also, all the field Those trips are, and everything. Yeah, every everything was a field trip. Yeah, Disneyland. <laughs> well, yeah. Honestly, yeah. There are there are those things that get. <laughs> they get uh, rolled into the homeschool life that you just can't help. Yeah. What are you gonna do? But, no, yeah. I love it. That's awesome. Okay, so do you have some hacks for us, Idolette? Okay. I don't know if this is really a hack. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just slow. <laughs> I don't know, but it took me a while to get to this point. But I just realized, you know, with the homeschool life and, you know, everything that goes on during your day and, you know, being a wife and being a mom, I finally discovered that I always have to like have something in my hand. Okay, you were just talking mm-hmm. earlier in the evening about okay, I had a kid in my hand, and while this hand was free, yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so it's like okay, so even without a kid in your hand, you fi- I finally came to the realization that I always 
I should never be empty-handed, ever. Mm. So for example, if I'm cooking, I'm also cleaning. That's when I'm doing my dishes. If something's mm. on the stove, I'm yes. doing my dishes. Mm. Yeah. You know, or I have a, a cloth in my hand because I need to dust something. Because if I let something get out of hand, in other words, if the chaos begins to build and the laundry yeah. begins to build and everything, then all serenity is lost. Yeah. yeah. So it took me a while to get to that point. But I think that's a great hack is that you have to, like, if you get up to go to the bathroom, you go and put that cup up by the sink or you right. pick up those shoes and you put them somewhere where they need to go or wherever. You know, you should just always be picking up and doing. Yeah. You know, those hands keep going. And then it just becomes routine. Mm -hmm. You know, and then it doesn't feel like such an overwhelming right. thing. Right, yeah. You know, and then you can actually feel good about, like, you know, when your husband comes home, you're like, actually want to spend family time together. Yeah. You're not looking yeah. at him being like, it's like a tornado. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, that's just one thing. I love that. That is honestly, like, that's. That's really good advice. Oh, like, good. never have your hands empty. <laughs> That's right. That's awesome. Well, Idolette, thank you so much for spending this time for us. And we benefited from this conversation. Yeah. And I know the other women that are going to listen to are also going to benefit. So thank mm -hmm. you. That's so great. Thank you, guys. Okay, guys. Well, thank you for joining us today. And uh, please head to our show notes for all the incredible resources that we're going to be linking. And we hope you guys have a good rest of your week. Bye. Bye.